Parshish Shoftim, joining in. In Parshish Shoftim, we learn one of the cardinal principles of procedure in a Jewish courtroom, that if you want to accuse someone of a crime, you need two witnesses. Lo yakum ed echad be'ish l'chol avon u'l'chol chatat al pishne edim yakum davar. A single witness shall not stand up to testify against a man for any iniquity or for any error. By the testimony of two witnesses, the matter should be confirmed. Parsha Shoftim. Now the Mishnah in Makos asks Akasha on this Pasuk, because I left out some words when I quoted it to you. What the Pasuk actually says is, Al edim, o al edim, yakum davar. By the testimony of two witnesses, or by the testimony of three witnesses, the matter should be confirmed. And those extra words sound superfluous to our ears. Not only superfluous, but they seem to be misleading. If you learned even a little bit of Gemara, so you know that trei kemeya, two is like a hundred. If two witnesses testify to something, then that something has been established. There's no need for a third. Even if another 98 would have testified, it would make no difference. It's two that seals the deal. And so the Mishnah asks, what's the purpose of these extra words? Or by the testimony of three witnesses. Space in the Torah is precious real estate. There must be something important there. And so Chazal tell us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is teaching us a valuable lesson here. That the third witness is actually just as important as the first two witnesses. It's true. You didn't need him to establish the matter. The first two were already on the way to the Beisdin. And they were just fine without him. But he tagged along anyhow. He joined them at the last second. And once you join in with the first two fellows, you're already one of them. And it's no monkey business, that decision to join in. Because suppose all three witnesses were found to be Zomamin. Zomamin means that two other witnesses came and said, How can you say that you saw this crime being done? You three witnesses were with us in a different place at that time. You're testifying that you saw Ruvain commit murder in Brooklyn on Tuesday. But at that same time, you were with us in Eretz Yisrael. So the Torah says, Va'asitem lo kasher zomam. You have to do to the three witnesses what they wanted to do to the person that they falsely accused. They were trying to kill Ruvain, who is an innocent man. So the Beisdin puts them to death in retribution. Now the third man could speak up. He could say, what are you punishing me for? The testimony of the first two would have put Ruvain to death. I'm going to be put to death just for tagging along. So the Mishnah says, yes, it's true. He didn't do much. He was superfluous. But the Torah wants us to know that in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he did it all. That's why the Torah says, by the word of two witnesses or by the word of three, because the third witness is also blamed. It's a lesson of tremendous proportions. Hanitpal le'oivri aveda. If somebody chimes in for something wrong, even though the wrong thing would have been done without him, just for the chiming in, for identifying with those who are doing an Avera, he is held guilty. Let's take one example. Something a little closer to home than the Beistin. Here's a Yeshiva Bacher. Not only a Yeshiva Bacher. Any Frum Jew. And he goes out to the baseball stadium, to Yankee Stadium. Now, it's certainly wrong to go there for many reasons. First of all, it's just plain stupid. Even if there's nothing wrong in a game, but it's stupid. It's meaningless. Who cares who wins? Isn't it foolish to be enthusiastic as people are playing baseball or basketball or soccer? Whatever it is. 
If you could get on the field yourself and kick the ball around, at least you get some exercise. But all you're doing is sitting on a hard chair and getting hemorrhoids. If not hemorrhoids, you're getting fat. And they're getting money from you too. You're paying good money for that. It means you've been victimized. Oh, hold up. But I'm not even talking about that now. Because some people will make excuses. They'll say that they enjoy it. What's so bad? So let's leave the foolishness on the side for now and talk about Nitpal Oivre Aveda. Who's going to the game after all? Are the Roshi Yeshivas there? Is Rav Aaron Cutler there? Does the Rav of your shul go there? If he does, it's time for a new Rav. Who's there? You have a lot of Italians there, Irish too, other nationalities, tens of thousands of Gentiles. And what are they doing there? They're going meshuggah about someone hitting a ball with a wooden stick. They're drinking beer, they're using foul language, they're fighting. There are always fistfights in the stadium. Sometimes they pull knives too. And here is Chaim, a good from boy, and he's joining along with them. Now, I wouldn't suspect Chaim of doing anything like the Gentiles are doing there. Chaz v'sholom. But he joined them. He was nitpal oivre aveda. He's joining the herd that's being led to the slaughter. Now, I bring that only as a marshal for our subject. There are many other examples that I'm thinking about. But tonight, we won't speak about Avedas. I don't want to make any enemies with Rosh Hashanah right around the corner. So we'll talk about a happier topic. The subject of doing mitzvahs. Because along comes Rabbi Akiva in the Mishnah. And he says like this, If this is how the Torah punishes someone who is merely an accomplice, all he did was join the sinners. And now he is subject to the full penalty imposed on the first two witnesses. So all the more so, if you join people doing a mitzvah, even though they don't need you, even though you're not important, you'll be rewarded, just like the ones who initiated the mitzvah, the ones actually carrying it out. If you join in, says Rabbi Akiva, how great will your reward be? Let's say you're walking down the street and you see a few Jews doing a mitzvah. They're carrying a couch, let's say, to an almana with a house full of little children. Somebody donated a couch for this poor woman and they're bringing it up to her apartment. Now, it could be that they don't need your help at all. They're not struggling. They're not sweating. But you see an empty corner and so you join in. You put your shoulder underneath the couch. It's not necessary. They're carrying it anyhow. But you show that you want to join them. That you sympathize with them. And you want to be part of their mitzvah. Just that. You're wanting to help out and going out of your way to assist them. That's called nitpal oise mitzvah. You're joining them and you are getting reward together with them. Not just together with them. You're rewarded as if you did the whole thing. It's considered as if you went to the store to pay for the couch and carried it up to this almana's living room. It's remarkable. It's a tremendous idea that you're hearing now. Merely joining in makes you a full partner. If you'll join in, if you'll just take hold of the end and participate in order to demonstrate that you're with these good people. That's already a very great achievement for you. So let's say the Panovich Yeshiva is making a banquet to raise money. They need money to support all those boys learning there. Now it could be that you're not able to support a big Yeshiva. It costs a tremendous amount of money. And money doesn't grow on trees. And besides, 
You're raising your own yeshiva and Beis Yaakov in your own house. But imagine that they're coming to you now, Mr. So-and-so. Maybe you'll buy the Beis HaMedrash in your name or your father's name. It only costs $100,000. If that's too much, maybe you'll buy a room in the yeshiva for $70,000. So you look at them like they're nuts. Me? I'm not so rich. I'm not even interested in thinking about the whole thing. Ooh, not interested? That's a tragedy. Of course you're interested. Now it could be that you're not interested in the way that the Panovich Yeshiva wants, but you're interested anyhow. Because there will be tremendous reward for the one who joins in. Ka'ay say mitzvah, like the one who did the mitzvah. The one who gives five dollars to the yeshiva has joined in with the one who gave the hundred thousand dollars. By wanting to join in and by acting on your intentions, even if it's only a tiny fraction of the mitzvah, you demonstrated where your heart is. That's one of our most important functions in this world, to develop an appreciation. I say appreciation. I should say desire for the important things of this world. It's not only what you did. It's your wanting to join. I always tell the same story. Reb Simcha Zissel, the altar of Kelm, was a man with very little money. But he had a brother, Reb Leib, who was a businessman. So he once wrote a letter to Reb Leib and asked him to lend him some money. That was a chiddish. Reb Simcha Zissel should borrow money. What for? So he said, I want to give tzedakah, but I don't have any money. And I'm getting accustomed to the idea that I don't have to take part in this great avoidance Hashem of the Am Yisrael. And so he borrowed a little bit of money so that he could be nitpal oise mitzvah. And that's when you get letters in the mail, all types of tzedakah requests, yeshivas, koilim, choilim, so many organizations. So you shouldn't just throw them into the trash. You should want to join in. Now, will your dollar, your five dollars, make a difference? Maybe yes, maybe no. But that's not what we're talking about now. Whether they need your five dollars is not the question. Even if they don't need you, you need them. When you send in five dollars to the Ponovich Yeshiva, so you're already nitpal to Rav Shach. You're a part of the Ponovich Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. You send money to Lakewood, and you're joining in with Rav Aaron Kudler Zichroni Levrocha. Now, Rav Aron Cutler lived very poorly. I once walked into the house of Rav Aron, and I saw it was a poor house, a very poor house. And because of that, Rav Aron rose up in my eyes very much. I saw that he didn't take money from the yeshiva and spend it on expensive things. The money was all for feeding the Torah learners and for building a Torah community. And your few dollars means that you're building the same yeshiva that Rav Aron built. You're nitpal to that great tzaddik. That's the great principle of alachat kama vakama. Yisholem sechar l'nitpa l'oise mitzvah k'oise mitzvah. If you join people doing a mitzvah, even though they don't need you, even though you're not important, you'll be rewarded just like the ones actually carrying it out. Now this is such an important principle, such a valuable lesson that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't wait until Parshish Shoftim to teach it to us. It was taught to us way back in the beginning of the history of the world. An episode took place in the span of only a minute or two, and yet it caused a tremendous change in the course of the history of the nations. So let's study that story for a few minutes in order to make this idea more convincing. Everyone remembers what happened with Noah and his children when they finally exited the Teva. After being saved from the Mabul, Noah understood that it was appropriate to give thanksgiving to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
And so he did it over a little mashke. That's the way to do it. Ein omrim shira ela alayayin. When you say praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you do it by means of drinking wine. Gemara brachas. We drink a little bit to give some fuel to the gratitude so that you'll open your heart and open your mouth a little wider and sing to Hashem. That's why we make Kiddush over a cup of wine. At a wedding, under the chuppah, we drink wine. At all important occasions. At a bris too, you make a bayre priyagafen. In order to thank HaKadosh Baruch we utilize wine. And so Noah drank wine as a means of igniting his gratitude to Hashem. Now it could very well be that he didn't sit down by himself. Maybe he had his family with him. But there's no question that Noah was the most enthusiastic of all. And therefore, he imbibed a bigger measure. More than was necessary to be Yotzeh the Mitzvah. And so because of his wine, he fell asleep. Now the exact circumstances of what happened next are not told to us. But here's what's related. Noah lied down under his blanket to sleep. But because he had been inebriated, so maybe he thrashed around a little bit and he became uncovered. Whatever happened exactly, it was all orchestrated by Hashem to test the future of mankind, to guide the course of the world that was being created again after the Mubble. Now, Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Yefes. Ham was the kind of man who was curious to see things. He was always looking where he wasn't supposed to look. And so he opened up the bedroom door and saw his father uncovered. Now that was a big mistake. He should not have done it. It was none of his business. But then Ham made his second mistake. He acted on impulse. The name Ham means a man of fiery disposition, a man of passions, of impulses. And the first impulse he had was to tell his brothers what he saw. Why tell them? You're spreading news of your father's embarrassment. But that was Ham. And what he did changed the course of his descendants forever. There are a lot of lessons to be learned from Ham, but we'll leave Ham on the side for now and we'll study his two brothers. What does the Torah tell us about what Shem and Yefes did when Ham came to them and opened his big mouth? Vayikach Shem vayefet et hasimla. Shem and Yefes took hold of a blanket and they went in to cover up their father, Breshis. But we have to pay close attention to the first word in that pasuk. Vayikach is written in the singular. And that's the wrong word. It should say, Vayikhu, plural. They took. Vayikach means he took it. And the answer is, Vayikach Shem. Shem picked up the blanket. That's the way to read the Pasuk. Who took it? Shem. That's it. Shem picked it up by himself and was walking with the blanket to cover up his father. And he didn't need his brother. How much does a blanket weigh already? It's not a couch after all. So what happened next? Vayefet. And Yefes, Yefes saw Shem doing a mitzvah, and he said, Me too! And he grabbed on to the end of the blanket. That's why it says, Vayikach, singular, because Shem is the one who took it. Only that Yefes saw what was going on, and he grabbed the corner. He joined in to do a good thing. Now what happened at that moment was an earth-shattering event. At that moment, Shem and Yefes changed the fate of their descendants forever. Because later, when Noah discovered what had happened, he said the following prophecy. Vayishkon, where will Hashem dwell? Be'ohale Shem, only in the tents of Shem. The generosity of the soul of Shem came forth at that moment. And that's why he was Zoyche forever and ever. 
the Am Yisrael would come forth from Shem. And when they made the Mishkan, Vishachanti Betoch Bnei Yisrael, Hashem put His residence only in Shem, nowhere else. The die was cast, nothing will help. Vayishkon Be'ohale Shem, forever and ever, Hashem dwells among the seed of Shem, on the Am Yisrael. And what about Yefes? What did he get for tagging along? About the Yefes, Noach foretold the following. Yaft Elohim Yefet. Hashem will give wide dominion to Yefes. Yaft is from the word paso, pato, which means to open up wide, like a pesach, a doorway. Because Yefes joined in to take part in this good thing, Noach said, You'll be blessed with great power that will spread to the ends of the earth. From Yefes came Persia, who ruled the whole world at one time. Greece, too, ruled the world at one time. Yefes was Rome and all the nations of Europe that conquered all the continents. If you want to know why the white race has covered the face of the earth, if you want to know why civilization, literature, culture, dominion has been only in the hands of the Caucasian races, then you don't have to look any further than this word, Vayefes, and Yefes also grabbed onto the blanket. Now, he didn't do anything. Shame didn't need him. But that didn't matter to Yefes. When he saw something worthwhile being done, he said, me too. And because of that, history was changed. Because of that little bit, at least that's what it seems like to us. Yefes blessed himself and his children for many generations. You know, we are accustomed to measure everything by weight and by size. That's why in America, there are three sizes that anything comes in. Colossal, jumbo, or giant. They don't make anything else. When you actually buy it, it fits on a thimble. But that's a different story. The most important thing is the bigness that is advertised. That's what matters most. And so unfortunately, most people think that good deeds have to come in big sizes. And therefore, when we hear about small opportunities for greatness, we tend to disregard them. Tagging along, that's nothing we think. Actually, it's everything. Now, I understand that people think this is exaggerated talk, but I have to tell you that such an attitude is just Lutzanus. That's what a late is, somebody who doesn't appreciate the importance, the value of a good thing. A late, as soon as he's hearing these things, he hears the idealism of and he laughs at it. <laughs> and that kills it. It's gone. The opportunity is lost forever. Here's a from Jew. He comes into shul and he passes by people who come before davening to learn for a few minutes. But he always comes after the learning. Or maybe after davening, people sit and learn. But he goes out right away. It's not his style, he thinks. He never went to yeshiva and he won't understand too much anyhow. What should he do? Just tag along? Absolutely. That's the best thing you could do for yourself. The man who is not elate wants to participate. Even if it's only a bit... At least you should show that you're interested and sit down with them. You can't learn so well. You come in anyhow and sit alongside them as they learn. Oh, that's a greatness of character. You know, a person is not able to learn, but he comes and he sits down with those who are learning, even if he doesn't understand anything. The Gemara says that such a person is Zoichev v'yoshev b'yeshiva shalmala. He will be admitted to the yeshiva shalmala eventually. Why is that? He didn't do anything. And the answer is that he did everything. 
Because he demonstrated, me too, I also want to sit and learn. It's an important lesson. Merely by coming in and sitting down alongside them, you already are a partner in their idealism. And you already have a right to be admitted to the yeshiva shalmala when the time comes. We have to remember at all times the statement in Pirkei Avos. Don't push away anything. Don't underestimate even the little things because they're much more important than people think. Join in with the Oise Mitzvah as much as possible. So let's say you see a group of Sephardic Jews bring the Sefer Torah into their synagogue. They're making a Hachnasat Sefer Torah and they're dancing on the street and singing their Sephardic songs. Now you're an Ashkenazi, so you're thinking, it's not my Sefer Torah, it's none of my business. But then you remember that one time you were sitting by a lecture from Rabbi Miller and he said that joining in is something too. So you say, me too. I want to honor the Sefer Torah. I also want to bring a new Sefer Torah into this jewel. And I'm going to join in, at least a little bit, in their happiness. You didn't give any money. You didn't even know there was such a shul around the corner. But it's not only the money. It's the desire to join in that matters. So you follow in with them. You clap a little, also with your hands, just like they're clapping their hands. You try to sing along with their nigunim. Whatever little bit you can do, you show that you are identifying with them and the mitzvah that they're doing. Here's a shul or yeshiva that's making a dinner. You don't have much money to give right now. But you come anyhow and you stand there. You make the crowd bigger. Your presence will be a very big mitzvah. Any place that you go to, encourage them, even though you're not doing anything concrete. You are nitpala mitzvah. You join people to do a mitzvah. There are people who write letters of encouragement to Rabbanim. That's how they're nitpal oise mitzvah. People send me letters of encouragement. It's remarkable. I'm receiving letters from all over the world. Here's a letter. He thanks me for writing this and this book. He said he grew up with that book. His name is not signed. He doesn't want to write his name. It must be an important personality. Maybe a Rosh Hashiva someplace. And he doesn't want to admit that he grew up with this book in English. Whatever it is, a little letter of encouragement sent to the Oisei Mitzvah is not little at all. That's the principle we're studying tonight. That joining in with the good ones, even in the smallest way, that is a greatness. When you take hold of the corner of the blanket and say, Me too, it's a demonstration of where you want to be, where your heart is. And because of that demonstration, the Torah teaches us that Yishalem sechar l'nitpa l'Oisei Mitzvah ka'Oisei Mitzvah. That as far as Hashem is concerned, you've done everything. And that's why we should always be looking to say, Me too, in as many ways as possible. In all the good things that the Am Yisrael is doing, we try to join in, to tag along. And even though it could be that you're not going to change the world by your little act, but you're going to change your world. Now, when we talk about joining in with the Oise Mitzvah, even though it takes some work to develop the proper attitude of the mind that appreciates how great a small act might be, it's still something tangible that you can grab onto. But there's one part of this avoida of Nitpal Oise Mitzvah that is less tangible, and therefore, as great as it is, it is too often neglected. And that is the avoida of identifying with the Am Yisrael. After all, what is the Am Yisrael if not a nation of Oise Mitzvah? 
The Torah calls us that. The nation that is thirsty for mitzvahs. Gemara Sanhedrin, Rashi. We're so accustomed to it that we don't realize how extraordinary it is. The Frum Jew is always busy with mitzvahs, I say, and keeping away from mitzvahs, los, I say. All day long, davening and brachas and sneers and tzitzis and toirah. Shmiras halashin is a mitzvah of the toirah. A Jew keeps his mouth closed. To love your fellow Jew is a mitzvah. Is also not a small mitzvah. He walks in the street. He doesn't look at women. And women don't look at men. Mitzvahs all day long. All kinds of mitzvahs. A Jew sends his children to Yeshiva Katana. And all day long they sit and learn. Eilu When you have to return a lost article. When you don't have to return it. All kinds of dinim. Little boys. Not even bar mitzvah yet. They're teaching them to love mitzvahs. It's a nation that loves mitzvahs. And so we want to join with them. We want to be nitpal to the oise mitzvah. Now I say this is a separate part of the subject, because we're not talking now about joining in by means of doing, by means of sending $5 to the Lakewood Yeshiva, or donating your shoulder to bring the couch up to the Almana's apartment. I'm talking about an avoida of the mind, about being nitpal oise mitzvah with your thoughts. So when you hear about good things being done, let's say you hear the Babavar are making a big yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, or that the Satmarer are building a big base medrash someplace. Even though you have no connection with them, you're not a Babavar or a Satmer. And besides, you live far away, you'll never see the base medrash. No matter. You want to be part of that mitzvah. So you're thinking, ah, it's very good, this thing. You have to express happiness about it. Me too! The Babavars in Eretz Yisrael are happy. I'm happy with them. Yes, I'm full of simcha that they did it. Of course, you can send $5, a contribution, even better. Join in whichever way you can, but at least think in your heart. I am part of it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you credit for taking hold of the blanket, for joining in with them. Now that's a very important lesson that opens for us a panorama of greatness. As much as possible, identify with all the good Jews everywhere they are. You see people with black hats. Now, it could be. You don't wear a black hat. You wear a yarmulke, let's say. Don't say those black hats. That means you're somebody else. You're not from them. No, I'm a black hat man, even though I don't wear one. I myself don't do it, but I admire them. I belong to them. They're my people. Now, of course, if you can do something and you don't, then identifying with the good ones might be worth something. But it's not much. So if you can buy a black hat, that's even better. It means you grabbed onto the blanket a little bit more. But even if you can't, for whatever reason you can't, you still can join the good ones by identifying with them. And the more you join them and identify with them, the more reward you get together with them. Now, I'm not saying right now that there's something special about the black hat. Color is not important. If all the B'nai Toyota would wear yellow hats, then we should all wear yellow hats. The main thing is to identify with the B'nai Toyota, with the Frumi Yidin. You know that a boy approaching Bar Mitzvah gets a pair of tefillin that costs five, six, seven hundred dollars, even more than that, and he also gets a black hat. To me, the black hat is no less than the tefillin, no less. When a boy in our shul puts on a black hat, I give him a mazel tov 
as if he's putting on tefillin, because the hat shows that visim chalkenu imahem. I want my lot in life to be together with them, with the Frumiyidin. Don't disdain that attitude of the mind, of me too. It's so important to always be thinking, I want to be together with them. And therefore, you shouldn't waste that opportunity. Every time you put something on your head, it's not important what material it is. A shaitl too. You should say those words. V'sim chalkenu imahem. Thank you, Hashem, for placing my lot with the fruma. Baruch Hashem, my lot is with the fruma, the tzaddikim of Kali Yisroel. You're joining in with Frum Jews, with all people who learn in yeshivas, all the koilal people, all the Bali batim who learn Torah in their free time. And you're identifying with the whole nation of Oivde Hashem. Who is the Frum community? All the Shoimrei mitzvahs. There are all kinds of Shoimrei mitzvahs. There are Sephardim, and Sephardim include the Lebanese and the Syrian and the Egyptians, others too. And there are Ashkenazim, Hasidim, and Misnagdim, and German Jews and others. As much as possible, we try to be nitpal oise mitzvah. To those who are doing good things, we seek to sympathize with their ideals and their attitudes. And even though we perhaps may not be so busy with mitzvahs, we ourselves sometimes might be far away from their perfection. Nevertheless, we approve of them. Our heart is with them. And by means of our minds, we become one with the Oyvde Hashem in our generation. But it is not only my generation. If I'm joining the Klal Yisrael, I'm identifying with all of the tzaddikim that ever lived before. By identifying with the Am Yisrael, you become a member of the historic Am Yisrael from the beginning. If you're a part of the Oyse Mitzvahs, you're thinking of Avraham Avinu. You have to think of Avraham Avinu. Zoycher chaste of us. Hashem remembers the greatness of our forefathers. The question is, do you remember? You're asking him to remember. How about you remembering it? And so we admire our forefathers. You read about Avraham Avinu in the Chumash. Start admiring him. Identify with him. He's my grandfather. I'm so proud of him. Hashem is proud of him. We surely should be proud. You're identifying with Moshe Rabbeinu and all the Nevi'im. Later generations too. And so the Chavetz Chaim Zuchus is on my side now because he is the Am Yisroel. The Chavetz Chaim is Am Yisroel. Absolutely. Whatever he put into our nation became Am Yisroel. And what Rav Akiva Eger put in and what all the great Tzaddikim put in, the Vilna Gaon, the Baal Shem Tov, all the Gedoyle Yisroel of all the generations back till Avram Avinu, they're all part of the Am Yisroel. You have to remember all the generations, all of our generations were so proud of our fathers. Those who were in Europe a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, better and better. We have to be proud of our great-grandmothers who had more das, more emuna than many gedolim of today. Who said that? Rabbi Yeruchim Levavitz, the mere mashkiach, he said, we don't understand our great-grandmothers. That's how great they were. And the further back, greater and greater. I want to tell you a little scene from our history. Josephus describes at the Churban Beis Hamikdash when the masses of Jews, plain Jews, were captured by the Romans and were taken for torture in public hippodromes. And Titus Harasha was traveling home. He took along tens of thousands of captives and he marched from town to town. Now in each town, he made a demonstration in hippodromes, big theaters, stadiums, where people came and watched and the Jews were put there to torture 
and they were supposed to say, we don't believe in our Torah anymore. Otherwise, they would be tortured. And the Jews refused to say that. Plain Jews. They refused to say, we don't believe in our Torah. And they were tortured to death with every kind of cruel death. And they all refused. Josephus writes that. He said the nations were amazed at what they saw. That's how great the Haman was. Ordinary people. Not to become apikorsim and bow down to idols. No. Just to say something against the Torah. Even one word against their Torah, they wouldn't say. And for that, they were willing to suffer terrible tortures. That's how great our nation was in the days of old. Now we, Baruch Hashem, didn't have that test. Baruch Hashem, we didn't have the opportunity to fulfill that mitzvah. But we're part of them. We think about them. We identify with them. We are nitpal to them. And that's a greatness, a perfection of character. And so if we had to sum up our lecture in one sentence, we'd say that we must begin to join in with good people. As much as possible, we try to be nitpal l'aise mitzvah, to those who are doing good things. And so we all say together, Ana avda I am also a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Did you ever sing that song? You say, Anna, 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 I too. Anna, me too. Anna, me too. Let's say it together right now. Right now, all of us together. Anna, 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 Avadadekudeshabericho. Now it doesn't mean that we're already Oivde Hashem, but we're saying, me too. It's small, but it's something. And if you say that, if you want to be an Ebed Hashem and join in with all the great things the Am Yisrael does, so you'll be Zaycheh, to be part of the Am Yisrael. And once you're Nitpal to the Am Yisrael, that membership entitles you to the most eternal of all rewards. Kol Yisrael Yeshleim Chelek La'aylam Haba. It doesn't say there, Kol Hatzadikim. It says, Kol Yisrael. If you're part of us, then you are forever. And so we should always keep in mind that whenever possible, we join in with all the good deeds of our nation. We do whatever we can to take hold of the garment and say, me too. And even when we can't do, merely by thinking and saying, I belong, we are nitpal to that great nation. We join in the Avodah Hashem of Kol Yisrael and are thereby zoicheh to Kol Yisrael, yesh lahem chelek haba. We're gaining a ticket. To Oilam Haba. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Joining in with the best. This week I will believe that to spend two minutes a day joining in with the Oise Mitzvah and thereby gain immeasurable reward. When I daven Shemona Esrei, I will stop for one minute as I say, and remember my pride in our great-grandfathers. I will also stop for a minute during the day to express my connection to the great endeavors of the firm world.